Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Well, it's always been a good locker room. I my first arrived there were just a lot of hardworking players who didn't have big egos or a big agenda. They just wanted to win, and I felt I could fit into that culture pretty quickly. And camaraderie certainly is built stronger when you win. You know, it's a lot easier to have a a good locker room and to enjoy your week when you're um, winning football games. And I've been a part of, you know, a 3-13 and and a 4-12 and team, and it can be a different dynamic. You know, nobody likes losing. So when you win, the weeks tend to go a little faster. The season tends to be a little more enjoyable. And uh, uh, certainly at 10-4, and you know, it's more enjoyable than 4-10. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North, Score North app. And that was not pro bowler Kirk Cousins right there. That was was Kirk Cousins. He is not Not a a pro pro bowler. bowler. No, No, he is not. (laughs) He is like not a game show in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> is he a Pro Bowler yeah. or not a Pro Bowler? In fact, Joe, that's a, that's actually a great idea right there, Joe. I think uh, did we just stumble into something right out of the gates? I think we may have wow. here. In fact, let's play a little game to start the show here. All right. Pure brilliance right there. This game is called "Is He a Pro Bowler or Not?" Let's start with Kirk Cousins, gentlemen. Is Kirk Cousins a Pro Bowler? Uh, Judd. What do you think? Let's let's converse on this okay, one. Okay, well, let's confer. So, are you asking the question? Mm, it's in the terms quite of simple. He be? Because <laughs> I because Rami a bowler or uh, not? Well, officially he's not, but I will say this: if Aaron Rodgers is, uh-huh. why not Kirk? I'm going to say he is not, though. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins not a Pro Bowler. Nice job. Way to go, Rami. All right, all right, let's try another one. Okay. okay. All right. Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks. One of the best linebackers mm. in recent Vikings okay. history. Hold on. Great in pass coverage. He's a tackling machine. Hold on one Pro second. Pro football focus and other in-depth scouting services love him. Is Eric Kendricks a pro bowler? Well, as you mentioned, Phil, and uh, Judd and I talked about this today on Score North Live, which you can catch weekdays noon to 2. It's me and a rotating panel of uh, Score North personalities. Uh, co-hosting along with me. It's on the Score North mobile app. Oh, I'm sorry. Time has run out. Uh, He is the number one rated off-ball linebacker Hmm. by Pro Football Focus. Number one. Yeah. Okay. But you know what the game show isn't? He is Eric Kendricks, a top-rated linebacker. He's not a pro bowler. I guess he's not a pro bowler. Judge? All right. That is correct. Eric Kendricks is also not a pro bowler. Hmm. Do you guys want to keep playing this game? (laughs) What about Daniel Hunter? 
Actually, Daniel Hunter is uh, the he, Pro Bowler. He, 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 he is a Pro Bowler. Okay. Can we play a different game? Sure. I have a different game. There's a guy who did make the Pro Bowl, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Let's play. Do they have a higher QBR than Aaron Rodgers? Can we play this game? I'm going to recuse myself because I know exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> and there's all, there's a chance Mackie doesn't. Okay. okay. Do so they I'm have not, a, higher QBR a higher QBR than Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Rogers. yes. Um, I am the real Aaron Rodgers. Kyler Murray. <laughs> no, I am the real Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Kyler Murray, guys. Does Kyler Murray have a higher QBR than mm. Aaron Rodgers? Well, I would think if Aaron Rodgers is a Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. the answer has to be no. He indeed does have a higher what? QB rating than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let me try again. Okay. Um, let's see here. Derek Carr. Hmm. Higher rating than Aaron Rodgers? Again, Aaron Rodgers is a Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. okay? Right. He's a Pro Bowler. Yes, he's in the Pro Bowl. That means that Derek Carr can't have a higher QBR. He indeed does have a higher QBR what? than Aaron Rodgers. That's right. Come on. I got, See, that, there's a theme here. I got two more for you. I got two more for you. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, man. Well, does he, he should does, be a Pro Bowler. Does Ryan Tannehill have a higher total QBR than Aaron Rodgers? I mean, there's only three Pro Bowlers right. from each league. Right. Each conference. Exactly. There's no way. There's no way, right? Wow. Okay, I, one more. One more. Does Jameis Winston and his 24 <laughs> interceptions have a higher total QBR than Aaron Rodgers? Phil Mackey. That's a lot of interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions. That's a lot of that interceptions. That is a lot of does interceptions Rogers, by any measure. Does Aaron Rodgers have 24 career interceptions? I don't think so. I really don't think he does. Quit buying yourself time. I literally do not think he does. And answer the question. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to have a higher QBR than that guy. He does not. No, he does not. Aaron Rodgers has a total QBR of 53.8. Jameis Winston, 55. So why is Aaron Rodgers a pro bowler? I'm not sure. Okay. I have no idea. Well, that's what? not the game. I don't know. That's not the game. <laughs> the game is not why is he a pro bowler. Why is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> a pro bowler? <laughs> uh, I think Kurt. I have the answer if you want to fire up the music again. Oh, sure. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Name value. That's the answer. That's the answer to why Aaron Rodgers is a pro bowler. <laughs> Name value. Oh my, that is my oh. answer. Judges, you have, to, you have to combine Aaron Rodgers' last five seasons to get him to twenty-five interceptions. Wow, interesting. That's you know what? If entire last five seasons, if he'd take a few more chances down the field and thread needles, he would deserve to be a Pro Bowler. <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers. Uh, are you guys more offended by the snub of Eric Kendricks or Kirk Cousins? Both having career seasons, you could argue. Personally, me, Kendricks, it's it's ridiculous. He's having a here here's the stupid thing and why this the process of the selection of the Pro Bowl teams and the game itself should just be shelved permanently. Eric Kendricks is probably going to be an all pro selection. That is an incredibly exclusive small club, which I believe is made up of two teams of the very best of the best. And there's no game played, you're just named to that team. And those that ordinarily is a who's who of football greatness. There's no game played for that. There's no game played. There's no game show played for that. And Eric Kendrick shut down that fund. Through all the metrics, everything is having an all pro season. Yeah. And you somehow snub him for, if I'm not mistaken, Luke Keekley of Carolina, and then uh, the linebacker from the Seahawks, who's very good, but is still ranked well below. 
Eric Hendricks. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Eric Hendricks is the bigger snub. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't even the biggest snub at his position. Let's be real. Dak Prescott has maybe yeah, James been... James Winston got screwed. Yeah, absolutely. James Winston and Dak, Pros- Dak Prescott, who's been maybe the the best quarterback in the NFC. And he's not in the Pro Bowl. That... It, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't care about the Pro Bowl in the sense that I'm not going to watch it. It's not an entertaining product. They they don't play real football. It's the worst all-star game by far. The only thing that the Pro Bowl matters for is the recognition of it. And like, and to, today is, is for, for these players, I would think that today is the day that making the Pro Bowl actually matters. Not going and playing in it, but today, knowing that you were voted in and named a Pro Bowl player is is probably the most meaningful thing about this. So th- that's the only thing that the snub affects. I'm not going to watch the Pro Bowl whether Eric Hendricks is there or not, and yeah. whether Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott are there or not. Uh, what is the current voting process for the Pro Bowl? One-third fan vote, one-third players vote, and one-third coaches vote. See, what this tells me, because cause, like, Rami brought up some of the PFF rankings and where Eric Hendricks ranks, and uh, QBR is not voted on by fans. QBR is a very objective set of parameters to rank quarterbacks, right? What I gather from this is for sure with the players and for sure with the fans, they just want to see the top names from the last 10 years or so. I mean, look at the list. And again, Russell Wilson, tough to argue that that guy should be a pro bowler. Uh, Drew Brees has only played nine games. Now he's been mostly amazing in those nine games, but you could argue if a guy only plays nine games and he's going to wind up playing 11 on the season, give someone else who played 15 or 16 games a chance. Uh, so that one's borderline for me. Aaron Rodgers, as Rami just illustrated, is 17th in QBR this season. The only thing he does at an elite level is avoid interceptions. He has two interceptions all season. But if you're a player or you're a fan and you're hovering over the uh, the, the ballot box or you're on NFL.com or whatever, in your mind you're thinking Pro Bowl. It's a it's it's the it's the end of the season featuring of top name players. And it's just like when Derek Jeter used to get into the All-Star game three or four years after he was really one of the best shortstops in all of Major League Baseball. People oftentimes, or Allen Iverson, would get into the NBA All-Star game or Kobe Bryant, right, even though they weren't the best players in the NBA anymore. People would still rather see the marquee name than the guy who's having a really good season. And players That's don't. in Kirk Cousins having a really good season, but he's not the marquee name. And players just don't care. Players, I, I believe the rule in football is you can't vote for a teammate. So they basically vote for their friends on different teams who they probably played college football with, and they just whip through the ballot and ask guys. They just don't care. So the process is a joke. I just wish the game's so bad and the teams are so fraudulent, I just wish they would say, you know what, we're we're billionaires, right? I mean, okay. People watch that game, I know, I know they do. I mean, but it's like one of the highest-rated things on TV. But one of my top five goals in life but before I die is to get this game destroyed just because it's so <laughs> pathetic. And it's like, you people are billionaires. You don't need to. Oh, we got, a, we got a 7.2 rating for the Pro Bowl. You don't need it. You just quit. Just stop playing. And, you know, the sad thing is I got a note because I, I put something on Twitter about Kendrick's getting snubbed last night, and I immediately got a note back. Well, he'll be selected because somebody will drop. That's not my point. I don't care if you're selected. And to Rami's point, I don't care about the game. The, the only thing I'm mildly curious about is who gets picked initially. And if you can't get that even close to right, just scrap the whole thing. Let's just go home, name the all-pro teams, and be done with it. I'm with Judd. I'm I'm. 
totally on board with destroying the Pro Bowl, whatever that means. However, we get there. You just don't done. do it. You don't have the teams don't do anything. I'm 100% on board with doing away with the Pro Bowl. So I'm with, I wish I could fight you guys, but I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in 20 years. And I just, like, unless I'm accidentally flipping through and land on ESPN. And every year or the ratings come out and they're good. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know. 8.1. I, I'll find them. I'm yet to meet somebody who's, who watches the Pro Well, probably Matthew Collar. I don't think he does. Other than Matthew Collins. I'll text him right now. Text him, find he out. might be listening. Like I don't know. I don't know one. Per- John- so, Jonathan, you watch Maction. Are you bothering with the Pro Bowl? No. No, 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 no. And that's, he watches Maction. Dude. I like it how you say it. It's like he has Listen. a disease. <laughs> It's not a disease to watch. There's a lot, a there's a lot on the lines for those Maxion games, okay? <laughs> Doctor, come here. I've never seen this before. What is it? He has Maxion disease. Got the Maxion. He's got the Maxion. Oh, Collar chimes in. I don't watch okay. the Pro Bowl. Wow. Right. Okay. Wow. If so, not even if Matthew Collins. Collins not, well, who is watching the Pro Bowl if not Matthew Collins? No, here's the question, okay? If we all agree the Pro Bowl is garbage on TV and it's just it's ceremonial and even the, even the ceremonial part of of picking the right roster is flawed, right? What could you put on TV? On that Sunday afternoon, <laughs> NFL or football related, that would still generate the same audience the week between conference championship games and the Super Bowl. I like lo- they put the schedule release on Dude, for God's sake, to, they and they, I don't think they do this anymore. Those skills competitions, and I know I've heard Collar they started bringing them back. They have okay. Yeah. I've heard Collar, Collar talk about the fact that he still watches the old skills competitions on NFL films. Oh, they're fans. They're, the they're, they're like, so good. like Brett Favre. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. the new ones. They like they have all these games around it. Like they do obviously the skill stuff, but they also have them play dodgeball too, which is kind of fun. Yeah, could you try? Could you imagine trying to dodge a Brett Favre fastball? No, thank you. Good luck. No, thank you. So much fun. Quarterbacks shouldn't be allowed in dodgeball. That's, that's just that. Donovan fair. McNabb would be terrible at dodgeball. He what, just, Sage, just spiking it at Sage everyone's Rosen, feet. You want Sage to chuck dodgeballs at us? You, is that what you're you saying? You sick Let's SOB. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Athlete challenges are supposed to be sort of fun. That is I'm, sort of fun for the viewers. They get to watch. I feel like Judge tormented from his first ever you know athlete what? challenge still. The if Jonathan, Rockets if, challenge. if Jonathan will do it, I will do it. You guys are two on one game of dodgeball. Me what and do jo- I get if I catch it? Me and Jonathan against Sage Rosenfeld. Let's do it. <laughs> what do I do Let's if do I catch it. the Sage Rosenfeld's dodgeball? <laughs> you, uh, you probably go get surgery for your concave chest. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. <laughs> let's make this happen. Hey, shoot Sage a text right now and say, when are you in town? When can we he's, play? He's here Monday. Okay, let's let's find some. Well, Rami's going to be. Yeah, I'll be gone by I'll Monday. Okay. I'll be gone by uh, Monday. Very, con- very convenient. No, I'd love to plan. do it, Jonathan. This was planned. You and I can do it, Jonathan. Knowing full well, he won't be here. Rami's the guy. Just, yeah, I'll raise my hand. Oh, actually. We'll do uh, this. Jonathan, you're on your think. own. No, find a date. We'll find a date in January when the Vikings are yeah, leading up to a, a road playoff I'm game. I'm down. It'd be great. If Jonathan will do it, I will do I'm it. I'm in. In okay. the name of content. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just Googled Pro Bowl ratings. <sighs> you people, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you people. The NFL scored a 5.1 rating and 8.23 million viewers across ESPN, ABC, and Disney XD, Sunday, January 28th, 2019. That's amazing. But the Pro Bowl is on Disney XD? I don't know what that, that is. like for kids? I don't know. The year before, 5.3, 8.6 million viewers in 2018. How is it that I've never Up met one of these 8.6 million people? Are there 8.6 million people out there of a certain kind who I've never met? Do you watch or enjoy the Pro Bowl? <laughs> 651-646-8255. Who are you people? By the way, 
Collar says, first bowl game, two days away. It is. Because I said, the 20th. When, when's know. your first bowl game? He yeah. said, two days from now. Uh, it's on the 20th, and we expect on Purple Daily full reviews of all of these bowl games. Okay, Is that scheduled in? Is that going to happen, Jonathan? It's scheduled in now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we want full, full. Actually, we should make, if, 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 if it's up to well, you guys, if you want to take up Purple Daily on that. Listen, we'll devote three minutes every day. The Kyler wants to call in and break Ooh. down the previous day's bowl games. Man, let me yeah, check. I think we'd have to do uh, previous day. Let me check when my vacation is starting tomorrow. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you guys do that. You guys go ahead and do that. Okay, I have another. Speaking of things that people are on the fence about that I am super interested in. Yes. And I understand if you guys aren't. If mm-hmm. we if we were doing this show in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I think the vibe would be different. But the It'd news came out today. It would be warmer. Yes. The news came out today. According to uh, there's like three or four different recruiting services that that do rankings. I'm I'm on twenty four seven sports dot com. The Minnesota Gophers had their highest ranked recruiting class since I believe two thousand eight. When Tim Brewster of all coaches, Tim Brewster landed like the twenty eighth best recruiting class, and yeah. then it's like Tim Brewster got all these cooking supplies. He got a filet mignon. He got some nice ripe. Uh, asparagus, and then he like didn't know how to turn the stove on. That was Tim Brewster's problem. <laughs> he had all these great ingredients. He's like, what's olive oil? I don't know how to work this, these things. Uh, but the Gophers have one of the top, it's a, it's a fringe top 30 recruiting class after uh, this early signing period. Does that do anything for you, Judd Zolgad, having watched Gopher football for a long time? Because I look at that and I say, wait a second, this is working. P.J. Fleck, marketing Winning games, putting this program on a map. They went from like in the mid 40s or 50 last year in recruiting, and now they're one of the top three. I mean, they're right in the mix with like some big name schools Ole Miss, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Baylor, uh, a bunch of other SEC schools too. USC's 20th. I mean, you're knocking on the door of like USC, USC did territory. Not, did not do that, that well for them either. Mm-hmm. You, here's my problem the whole recruiting thing, it sounds nice, but I don't. I don't get it because every year we talk about because we know Alabama, right? They're going to have a great class. Ohio State, great class. But this whole thing of we we can barely as sports fans, and I love sports. We talk about it all the time. We talk about it for a living. We could barely as sports fans the the baseball draft, right? We have no clue. We have no clue who these kids are or who had a great draft. I mean, you might have heard of one or two kids, and that's fine. So the whole recruiting thing is, it's the 28th class. Okay, my question becomes, okay, but how how many of those kids actually are going to fulfill their potential? Then it seems like we always hear about the five or six kids that fell through the crack in the same recruiting class, and they end up being really good. So, and this might be because I'm not like from a college football state as well, but the whole recruiting thing to me is so confusing and, and in some ways... It's, you know, it's like the hockey draft, the baseball draft. After the second round of the football draft. So, no, it doesn't do... It's it's nice that they supposedly did well, and that's absolutely fine. But, no, it doesn't, re- it doesn't really get me going, because I have no idea if we're going to hear of half of these kids in three years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's improvement. It's a step in the right direction. If you're telling me they went to mid-40s or 50s and have moved up to 32nd, that's good, but I mean it. It doesn't really do anything for your program in terms of how they'll be perceived when, when if if they're in the conversation again next year as a, as a playoff team or as one of the top teams in the Big Ten with the Rose Bowl shot. I don't think I don't think anybody looks at him and goes, you know, they got talent there because 
They have the 32nd ranked recruiting class in the country. You See, have to be top 10 or even top 15 for people to change the way that they perceive your program when conversations that matter start to happen. And I think there's a, I mean, obviously it's not a direct apples to apples correlation, but I, I think recruiting rankings and how many five and four and three star recruits you're bringing in, I think that's the currency that tells the story of college football rankings. I mean, obviously not every four and five star recruit pans out, but if you're Ohio state, and I just went back four years ago, three, four years ago, 2017. Uh, so this would be the, this would be three recruiting classes ago. How, how much does this correspond with the current college football playoff or the current like top five or 10 teams in the country? Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia are your top three. Now there's a couple clunkers in there like Florida State is sixth, USC is fourth, but LSU, Oklahoma, Auburn, Florida, Notre Dame round out the top 10. So I think if the Gophers keep climbing, even if we don't know, like to Judd's point, we don't know any of these. Like, I, if you don't follow, I don't. You don't follow high school football. That I, people have things to do, and that's fine. But I think if you're constantly forty fifth or fiftieth in recruiting, and you want to be a program that's flirting with Rose Bowls and the college football playoff, there's too much of a disconnect there. But if you're all of a sudden top thirty and then top twenty, and now you're getting more four star recruits, I think this is a sign that. What we saw on the field and what we think we see in terms of this program generating steam around the country, that it isn't just us being uh, drunk on maroon and gold Kool-Aid. That this is actually substantive and it's working. That's no, it's a step. It's it's a significant step in the right direction. I just have a hard time becoming excited about it sports wise. I mean, it's fine, but it's just like, okay, who are these kids? I don't really take that step. Sure. Uh, by the way, uh, Max in Minneapolis, 651-646-8255. You've called in with a Pro Bowl take, and we are giving you the floor here. Hey, guys, you're absolutely right. I found myself accidentally watching part of the Army-Navy game, and I've never found myself accidentally watching the Pro Bowl. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right, Max. So I, I think the moral of the story here is Eric Kendricks right. and Kirk Cousins rest up. No one's going to... Question for you no, guys. How do you accidentally watch a football game? Because you stop. Especially Army Navy. That's it's like a, a movie. No, no, it's like a movie, though. It's like, oh, football's on. And then you're like, Army Navy, do I even care? Oh, yeah, I, I've seen this before. I'll watch it. I'm more on Rami's side here. I mean, like, there's so many things right. to watch, and everything is Give me very much on demand. your guys' top lists of of sports you like, but you come across a game or teams or all-star game, and you say, I ain't watching this. I love basketball. I cannot watch the Wisconsin Badgers play basketball. Drives me nuts. Oh, that's yeah. They're that's constantly a hunting for fouls. They're slow paced. Their coaches are that belligerent. Every year. I mean, come on, people trip around. That guy that is, is a brutal, such a clown. brutal style of basketball to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. They had that one year where they had Sam Decker. They did, yeah, they and, and Frank the they Tank, the and they went up and down. They yep. shot threes and they scored like eighty points a game. But otherwise, it's just like bore yeah. me to oh. tears. Yeah, I'll give you one. Brutal. Shootout hockey. Don't care. Okay. Once they get to that point, it's a skills competition. It's just garbage. Don't care. But three, and I love three the sport. overtime is super fun. Love it. But I'm saying if they get through that and now it's so-and-so goes in on the goaltender with a move and dipsy doodle. I was like, I'm so far out. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They dipsy doodle. They're like, a, they're going Wait, a dipsy doodle is a real move? That's the real. That's, that's what real? I call it. But oh, it's when okay. the guy's like right. going around, he's going right, he's going left. And it's like, this is just garbage. I thought this was a thing that announcers were saying. Do you know what I've got? Dipsy doodles. On Do you know what I've got that, that I used to, I used to go right by and, and they've 
spiced it up enough now. I will stop, and it's sort of fun. Not great, but it's sort of fun. Home Run Derby All-Star Game. I like the Home Run Derby. I felt it used to take forever. It used to take way too... They put a clock on it now. And now there's a clock, and it's quicker, and and guys are sweating and look like they might pass out. I sort of enjoy it now. (laughs) Guys are sweating. And now Chris Berman isn't doing the... Yes. Back, 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 back. Every five seconds. I don't need that anymore. What ESPN offers now is a a stat cast broadcast. I watched it. Of the Home Run Derby. So it's analytics-focused, and it has... You can just see all the launch angles. Right. Yeah, Yeah, all the launch angles, distance, (laughs) I'm an analytics guy. Even that's too much for me. No, No, it's good. Great. I basically basically invented fangirls. And I can't watch that. That's just things that we don't care about that some people seem to enjoy. Did you guys see what happened in the darts world yesterday? I just saw this on Jonathan's TCL TV in the other studio there. Did you guys see what happened in the darts world? I showed this clip to Mackie. So I don't know her name. The first woman ever won the, the, the World Darts Championship, which, by the way, how did it take this long for them to let a woman into the league to win? It's, it's darts. A woman should have won this thing a long, long time ago. By no fault of women, I'm sure, because of history. I mean, but genetically, women are just inferior when it comes to darts. To and darts, games, right? Like, just, there are certain <laughs> things that I would say. Line, sorry. Like, I understand why a woman Clearly. hasn't pitched in the major leagues. That meant, why hasn't a woman won at darts before? But the place absolutely went nuts. Did you guys see this clip? You showed it to me. It was yeah. insanity. Where it, was it? it? And it was a huge audience. How, how are there that many people and that I, excited John, about do a you bar have game? The, do you have this clip? Can you send this to him? I want, pe- I want, I want people to I'll hear this. Because if you could send this to him, it's like they dubbed in the, like the a, most raucous yes. soccer crowd you've ever heard. Where was it, by the way? Do we know? It was somewhere in England. There's no way it was in the United hey States. Hey God, I'll I'll have it. I'll have it. It was like it was like it was like you were watching uh it was like you were watching the Champions League final or something. <laughs> and you and well, you dubbed, yeah, you dubbed in the sound over this woman barely missing the triple twenty. It was like like sometimes in Saturday Night Live they'll they'll like edit in clips of a real audience. Yeah, and it's and it's always really obvious and ridiculous. Jonathan, I just sent you the clip. That's what it looked like to me. That's how out of place the size and the raucousness of this crowd seemed at a darts championship. It is pure insanity. Full arena. Yeah. For darts. Full. Ins- it was crazy. I don't. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. You get the same type of irrational cheering at uh, the World Series of Poker final table, too, where they're just, like, folding for 10 hours <laughs> and no one sees their I card. Think the there's fans. chants and there's cheering. A guy flips a card and people are like, oh! <laughs> Those darts fans, though, there was no no question drunk. Oh yeah, I can't imagine what how much alcohol. Poker? Is I don't think they're drunk. Do you? Oh, no, they're drunk. Oh, are they? well, not okay. the, well, the players aren't drunk. Are you saying the, yeah, the no, dart no, throwers no, are drunk? I, no, I'm saying no, 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 the, the, the fans the in the dart. Oh yeah, the fans are drunk for were sure. Loaded. Oh yeah, I mean they're in a casino. My there's, there's two thing, things to do: gamble and drink. My favorite thing when it comes to poker crowds, they're like these dudes have entourages who are always like in the front row, and they are so obnoxious. They are the Dude. most. You know who is just people walking this earth. Do you know who is in the entourage of the guy who finished third place this year completely who? randomly? Who? Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone Channel. <laughs> Was he really? Yes. Him and, I were, him and I were tweeting back and forth during the final table. Shut up. He said, hey, is anyone watching the World Series of Poker? My guy is in the chip lead right now. I'm going to swing down to... Scott Hansen's the greatest, man. So you had Scott Hansen just like Eight in hours. the front row, just like hopped up on coffee watching the World Series of Poker <laughs> final table at ESPN. That's, a, that's the story of Scott Hansen's life. He's hopped up constantly. <laughs> hopped up and Every trained Sunday. to never urinate. All right, this is... So the, well, the audio we're going to play for you is of a dart championship. This is the darts world championship yesterday. He's one dart away from the second round of the world championship. All he's got is a 60 bullseye. All he's got is a bullseye. 
This is nothing yet. Chant ready. The crowd had a chant ready for for the World Darts Championship. You every time the guy missed the shot, they're like, "Whoa, yes!" <laughs> is there any? And they're booing the dude. It was hilarious. Is there any sport that that when it's announced with the accent is not better? <laughs> it's true. Like, what's the last time you've been like? You know, you can that guy's Thursday accent night, stinks. You know, you can watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime with uh, Derek Ray, one of the most famous soccer commentators in the world. Him and Tommy Smith. Who used to call games on ESPN? They call Thursday Night Football on wow. Amazon Prime. They do. Okay, yes. would Callum Williams come on and just recreate play-by-play moments? For I've, us? Said, I've told Jonathan, I, I want, I want him to just narrate the the, <laughs> the most boring, ordinary parts of my life, like just eating a sandwich. He's going to make it sound amazing, <laughs> and then we can just pump in crowd noise. Like and that. there he is as Romy reaches for the wheat bread. Oh, it's got Chipotle ranch dressing on it. Actually, my you know God. what he should do. He should go to your house and do by play of you cooking. That'd be better. Is that pepper jack cheese? I'm not sure I'd go with That's that level of spice after last night. It's not, just Rami, it's not Rami like recreating something they made at Target Field. It's literally just Rami making a grilled cheese sandwich and Callum's commentating him. Five cheeses, my God. That man has a family. <laughs> it's not wrestling. <laughs> that man is broken in half. I will set this up for you. <laughs> Please, yes. In all seriousness, Leroy Butler, former Green Bay Packer, will join us next on Mackie and Jeb with Rami to preview Packers and Vikings after we talk about Federated Insurance. Federated oh, is here the accent. to on. help business owners. Federated Insurance has been around since the early 1900s down in Owatonna, Minnesota. It's pretty good, right? No. That's actually no, not bad. Fine. Yeah. I think that'll Come on, pass. Jonathan. Nah, Based that'll in pass. Owatonna, Minnesota, the seasoned insurance professionals at Federated will help you manage risk to help you avoid the devastation that comes with filing a claim. And if you do have to file a claim, if you do and sometimes you might have to, take comfort in knowing that the extensive team of professionals is here to put their knowledge and experience to work for you. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. That's federatedinsurance.com. Federated. It's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Do your holiday shopping online and save up to 70% with the Score North Holiday online auction, golf packages, electric bikes, countertops, sea life passes, and more. To view and bid on items, visit scorenorth.com and enter keyword auction. Well, we know that Dalvin Cook, Daniil Hunter, and Harrison Smith all made the Pro Bowl, so clearly there was some Pro Bowl snubs, as we talked about in the first segment. Matthew Collar wrote over at Score North about the four biggest snubs on the Vikings. Go check that out at scorenorth.com or the free Score North mobile app. Download the Score North mobile app and register for listening rewards. This month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Amazon.com gift card. Just for having and registering their mobile app, you'll also have a chance at many other great prizes just for listening. Download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards. 
or just listen at scorenorth.com. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. On 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Packers, Vikings, Monday night from U.S. Bank Stadium. And joining us now to talk about it, Packer Hall of Famer, should be Pro Football Hall of Famer, and you can hear him on the big show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. In Milwaukee, it is Leroy Butler. Leroy, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Doing good, guys. Uh, we're we're also doing something. You guys, I'm sure, we're doing about uh, Pro Bowl snubs and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, it, the confusing part, if a guy made all pro and didn't make the Pro Bowl, that's the confusing part. But other than that, congratulations to whoever made it. And we think that's going to happen with at least one guy here, and that's Kendricks, the linebacker. But... Leroy, are you surprised, and do you think he deserved Aaron Rodgers to make the Pro Bowl? We were having some fun with that to start the show, because his numbers don't look Pro Bowl-like. Yeah, I think you have to put... Dak Prescott has had a great year, but sometimes you make it just on name recognition. That's never going to go away. I can say that about maybe eight or nine guys. You know, because even Patrick Mahomes didn't play... You know, all of the games, he missed a few games. But when you get that name ID, people are going to vote for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you tell me if this is uh, if this is a hot take, Leroy. I think Aaron Rodgers, part one, I think he's one of the two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. But I think in the last two or three years, the only thing he does at an elite level is avoid interceptions. And I don't know, like the, the, the accuracy has gone down, uh, the... All of the upside that you got like six or seven years ago is it just it feels more conservative now. How would you classify him now as a quarterback? Well, I think not turning it over is paramount and premium if you're a defensive player like myself. I mean, yeah. it just says something about because I played with you know uh, a young man that you know took a lot of chances. <laughs> I mean, Brett Favre took a lot of chances. <laughs> And I was okay with it because it was my job to go get it back. But um, I think that's the one thing that Aaron wants to hang his hat on when he leaves the game, that he threw less interceptions than anybody, so he didn't expose his team at times. And I think this offense, if you look at it, it doesn't really need him to put up guarded numbers. He's only threw for 400 yards twice. I think, I, I think he only threw for 300 once. The rest of them have been 243, 220, like this, and they've won, you know, 11 games. So if he can put up those big numbers with Mike McCarthy and they're still, like, struggling to beat people, but he gets great numbers, or he can be have pretty average numbers and they're winning, I'm sure he'll take the latter. In your your mind, how good does he remain as a quarterback uh, right now, and how, how much is – is any problems that Aaron is currently having a reflection of the fact that he clearly has guys that, um, I think to be kind, struggle at times to catch his passes? Well, you know, again, um, he had a lot of drops uh, last week. Yeah. He had four drops, and um, the accuracy wasn't how it used to be. But I really don't think you need to be elite anymore to win in this league. I mean, I think there's only one really elite guy that's Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think Russell Wilson has been playing great, but you don't really need to be this great Hall of Fame-type quarterback to win a Super Bowl or even go to a Super Bowl anymore. If that was the case, then, you know, you can just say, well, Drew Brees will be in the Super Bowl every year against 
uh, Tom Brady. But, you know, for the most part, it just comes down to this a new offense for Aaron and the guys. They needed somebody in the slot with a little bit more wiggle. All of the receivers are straight line guys. They're bigger guys who, did, who does a great job of blocking. But, you know, Devontae Adams has been fantastic, you know, since he's been here. But for the most part, you have one platinum receiver, and Aaron tried to spread the ball around. One time this year, well, a couple of times when Aaron, when uh, Devontae Adams was out, nine guys caught passes. I mean, that's just amazing. So I don't think they really need him to throw for 350 every week and three touchdowns. Leroy, today I heard Dominique Foxworth on ESPN say that the Packers under Matt LaFleur are the same as the Packers under Mike McCarthy, just with a better set of eyebrows. What's your impression of first-year head coach Matt LaFleur? Well, first of all, I want to congratulate him. What he did is unprecedented. I mean, in his first year, um, going winning 10 games and getting into the playoffs, and if he beat... Uh, Minnesota, you know, winning the North, that is something no one has ever done who's ever coached for the Green Bay Packers. And there's been a lot of great coaches. I mean, if you think about last year, it was just so bad. Six, nine, and one, you get beat by Detroit, 31 to nothing the last game, and now you've turned it around. So if he gets this team to a Super Bowl, they would name a street after him. Because <laughs> he has done something no one expected him to do. And I think that's the biggest thing now. You know, you want a, a young guy who's going to be innovative enough to kind of give you that feel of Deshaun McVay's and say, you know what, I can get this guy to play the way I think he needs to play, and that's spreading the ball around. Don't turn the ball over, but at the same time, keep the chains moving. Yeah. yeah he just turned 40 years old, by the way, in the middle of November, so he's one of the biggest coaches in the NFL, and I think – it's really easy to look around and say, all right, who are the best young, who are the next Sean McVay's and the young guys who scheme? Yep. But it's it, to be a head coach, it's way more than just scheming. You can't just be an offensive coordinator. You have to lead men and lead a room of 50-plus uh, players and coaches. What do you think Matt LaFleur's best quality is, aside from just being a smart X's and O's coach? You know, that's a great question because anybody, I think, with, with a headset, and cover their mouth can be a coach, okay? <laughs> it seems like that. Is that all it takes? But with him, yeah. that's it. That's all it takes. Just you know, just act like you're talking to somebody, and somebody else calls the place, and you're really not doing anything. But you need that card <laughs> that you put in front of your mouth, Leroy. You yeah. need it to look like there's a lot going on there, so people think yeah. that you're yeah, doing a lot of thinking. Right. Yeah, right, and you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> what, he does, what he does, that's good. He allows the players to be themselves. He doesn't tell them what to say. He doesn't tell them how to act. That's very refreshing from a locker room that was a little bit maybe divided because some people like McCarthy, some people probably like Aaron. I mean, but when you get a guy to go into a situation like this, I got to allow the guys to be themselves. If I'm a 35-year-old quarterback or 36-year-old quarterback, I'm going to relate to a guy that's 39. You know, quicker than a guy that's maybe in his 60s or 50s or a retread, you know, head coach. It was just refreshing to have a guy with some energy, so much energy, and Rami, you know this, that he hurt his, his Achilles playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Now, that's unprecedented. <laughs> you got to be careful, man. That hurts. That's bad. No, I'm just saying most coaches are out of shape. They just stand there and they eat at the buffet lines. This guy don't eat nothing but healthy food. He looks great. 
and he has the energy to keep up with his team. And I think guys like that. You know, guys can work out with me and do some of the same things and just kind of be a rah-rah guy. But at the same time, give me some space to be a man. And that's the reason why they're winning. Is there a team in this uh, conference right now that scares you? Is there a team that you think is the clear-cut best team? Well, you know, I think every team has problems. I will say that. But the thing about Minnesota, they've always been the team that say, you know what, regardless of what's going on in the offense, my defense will keep me in every single game. And now you go out to L.A. and you get all these turnovers, seven, and you score on defense, playing in December, that's kind of scary for a lot of people because all you got to do now, okay, just say, for instance, Dalvin Cook doesn't play or Madsen doesn't play, and the Boone kid comes in and gets two touchdowns, and you got the best, you know, receiving court together and Kyle Rudolph as a tight end, what is the problem? I know that's what Minnesota fans are saying. The problem is it's a great white shark coming named Aaron Rodgers. Instead of them just saying, you know, everybody have their flaws. I mean, even the Saints in, in uh, San Francisco had a 46 to 48 point game. Mm-hmm. And then San Francisco lose to Atlanta. I mean, everybody has their flaws, but you got to win in December by any means necessary. Uh, Leroy Butler is with us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And I guess I have sort of a two-part question, very simply. Do you think the Packers can win the Super Bowl, and do you think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl? Well, I think it's seven teams I think can win the Super Bowl, and those two teams are in it. Okay. Some of the other teams are going to be just a great year. They got to the playoffs, but they ain't going anywhere. Because if you don't have a defense that's optimistic, that can get turnovers and get after the quarterback, you're not going anywhere. But when you got Danielle Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Harrison Smith, and Xavier Rhodes, I mean, those guys step up when it's time to. The Green Bay Packers haven't won in that new building, and you know I don't think they ever won in the new building. But at the same time, you got the Smith brothers, your Kenny Clark, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. These teams have a chance, but who can take it to that next level? That's why we're going to find this out on Monday night. Because I really believe whoever wins the North is going to be in the championship game because they're going to be more physical, more physical than the other team because they got a running game and they got a good defense. Leroy, I had uh, your friend and mine, former Packers running back Gary Ellerson, on the show that I host earlier in the day, Score North well, Live. your friend. He's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I didn't know my microphone was on. I'm sorry. <laughs> and totally, totally unsolicited, Gary brought up, I think, three different times, right, Judd? Three different times how slow Jimmy Graham was. Yeah, he ripped him. So I we asked, all ripped him. I asked Gary if with his knee replacement he could beat Jimmy Graham in a race. He said, and I quote, hell yeah, set it up. My question to you is, do you think Gary could beat Jimmy Graham in a race? And could you, Leroy Butler, beat Jimmy Graham in a race at this point? No, no, no. I'm 51. Gary's 65. There's no way you can do it. Jimmy Graham will beat both of us, and he'll turn backwards and beat both of us. So, no, I'm not doing that. I got to tell y'all the truth. Gary is, no. I would tell him when I go in the studio, that was not true. He cannot do that. No.
Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, man, he's really slow. I, I don't know. Don't sell yourself short. You were really good at one time. You you got to have something left there. Listen, I was a little, well, I wouldn't say disturbed, but I was shocked that he was running by himself and he just fell. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah. I've been there before. I've been there before when I was playing in my 30s and I, your legs just give out on you. And so it happens. But again, the reason why I like him, he's never missed a game. I appreciate that. All right, tough question here. One game, one game only. You have your choice. Brett or Aaron, which one Brett do you Favre. take? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Because he had that I'm, I'm effect or what? I'm a, I'm a little biased because I want to ring with Brett Favre. Yep. But it was when any time, any time I saw Number four, getting dressed, I knew I had a chance. I knew I had a chance. All I got to do is go out there, get a sack here or there, uh, interception, whatever. Brett Favre, they don't, he's not human. The guy's never missed a game. I mean, I used to joke with him that he had, did not, I wanted to cut him and see if he had blood inside of him. <laughs> the guy, I'm like, dude, you just got hit by John Randall, got thrown on your head. And you get up and throw a bomb. I mean, any other guy would be in the hospital. But the guy was just truly amazing. So, Brett Favre, man. Yeah, Brett Favre. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Uh, What is your favorite Brett Favre comeback fourth quarter or rally the troops story or moment that you can share with us? Well, the one he threw to, to, to Antonio Freeman, I mean, on Chris Dishman. I mean, <laughs> he did what? Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, he wasn't even open. But Brett would throw you 50-50 balls. And the, the guy had the moxie. And I remember, and Rami, you know this story. I'll tell it in like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. As a young guy, when he come from Atlanta, we're in practice. Don Mikowski's the guy. Everybody knew that. Brett threw a pick. And he was kicking the grass, walking. He was just so upset. I said, listen, young blood, <laughs> don't worry about that. It's my job to go get it back. You play the way you want to play. If you think you can get it over the linebacker, between the safety and and over the cornerback's head, make that throw. I love that. I love that he had the guts enough to make that throw. And no that there's no smoke on the sideline. We are not upset. We go, because I'm going to tell you something. The one or two times in my 12-year career I gave up a touchdown, you got that Rami one or two times? Yes, the only one right. or two hey, times. Hey. I believe it was Joey right. Galloway hey, both times. Yeah. Right, you get Hey, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> he would look at me and say, Lee, I got you. I got you. He'll go out there and throw a bomb. And he'd come back and say, I told you. That's the love of your teammates. And that's why, remember his dad passed away, guys were jumping all over everywhere, mm-hmm. catching balls from everywhere. It was just something about, about Brett, so much so that he went and played for you guys. And Q. Paul Allen, uh, this is not Detroit. So yeah. I love that, too. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat, yeah. Of course. Stick that knife in. <laughs> he loves it so much. He loves it so much. So long. So long. I heard it four times today, and when I go back in the studio, we're going to play it again. 
<laughs> so it's your it's your because, ringtone for ten years. So if so right. if, if oh, how did, how did you know? <laughs> so if Moss if Moss and Favre had played together in both their primes, Ooh. would you Ooh. would you name me Ooh. a defensive backfield that would have had a chance to stop them together? Maybe Deion Sanders and Ronnie Lott. If that Randy Moss was just. I, there's another guy that when somebody asked, this is a true question. This is a true story. A guy asked me the other day, who was the most feared wide receiver? And I looked him dead in the eye. They say 84 in purple. Wait a minute. Jerry Rice. I said, you didn't ask me who was the best. Yep. You asked me who was the most feared wide receiver in the history of the NFL. In other words, when he split out to the wide, your heart is beating out of your chest saying, I'm going to be on Sports Center because he's going to jump over me and catch the ball. It was Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss was exceptional. I mean, just everything about a deep ball. So much so now, the little kids, if they cross you over and shoot a jump shot, they say, Oh, you just got Moss. Yeah. I mean,. It did, the guy was just truly amazing, and I don't think the millennials know what how good he was. It was just, and we had double coverage. We had Darren Sharper back there, seventy five yards waiting. Your corners were too and short. Still, in in ninety eight, uh, they were too damn short. That was your problem back there. <laughs> Well, they can't grow during the game. We got to play with what we got. <laughs> That's why Ron Wolf drafted all, all the tall guys in '99. It wouldn't have mattered. I've seen him jump over guys six three corners. Randy Moss is a freak of nature. I mean, he was the he was the freak before Giannis. I mean, you know, for the Bucks, that's the real freak, man. This guy was amazing to be that tall on four two. And then all he told Culpepper, throw his hand up. And Culpepper would just throw it. And then Randall Cunningham, it doesn't matter the quarterback. <laughs> the guy was truly amazing. And we used to have people in practice to emulate uh, Moss. Couldn't do it. The coach would say, you must run faster to give us a better look. <laughs> or we're going to get Moss. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> That's like asking a guy to grow during a game. How's he just going to be faster? Who, who did they ask to do yeah, it? There are certain players like that you can't emulate in practice. Yo, we need someone to be Michael Vick this week. Okay, just run around. Oh, you got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> another guy, another guy we couldn't like duplicate. We could not was Robert Smith, the running back, because he was just he had these long strides, and he would look for an opening before he made a cut. And we're like, we need somebody. And then we were trying to get people on the, the practice squad to give us a better look. And and then so was Amp Lee. You remember Amp Lee? Mm-hmm. He was just, I mean, it was like, man, what? And then you know what? Chris Carter would come over. Hey, Roy Lee, y'all ain't got nobody to cover that boy. <laughs> like, like, let's go back to the huddle, okay? You're getting on my nerves. Let John Randall be the guy that's aggravated. You go back to the huddle. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is Leroy Butler, the Packers Hall of Famer. Should be Pro Football Hall of Famer. I'm not going to dwell on it, Leroy, but you getting snubbed again. An absolute travesty. I don't even recognize the Pro Football Hall of Fame until they let Leroy Butler in. You know I love you and always appreciate when you uh, give us a few minutes, my friend. I love you too, my brother. I love coming over here. And again, I think the Packers 
will win 28-17. But I also think that it may be a scenario to where they have to play the Vikings twice if the Vikings win. So this is something the Green Bay Packers must try to go there and handle their business. And these are the rivalries that the NFL wanted, these divisional games in December. And I don't think neither team will disappoint. Thank you, Leroy. Appreciate it, man. See you, Leroy. Take care, my guys. Super, super fun. He's just the best, man. Such a good dude. Yeah, so you worked with him for several years. Yeah. At your last stop yeah. in Milwaukee. I was a host with him for like, se- I mean, I've known him for 10, 12 years, but I hosted with him for about seven years. And that was just yeah. like, you you know, you're going to go into work and have fun every day when you're working with Leroy Butler. Yeah. Just a great dude. By the way, during during the conversation, I was just trying to, because he came in the league in 1990 and then played until like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The list of quarterbacks he faced, the list of Vikings quarterbacks he faced, everyone from Wade Wilson to Brad Johnson to. I, I counted like nine Vikings quarterbacks during his era. There was a new one like every year, basically, yeah. except the three years of Warren Moon. Warren, yeah. Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, Brad Johnson, Jim McMahon, Sean Salisbury, Rich Gannon, Wade Wilson. Yeah. All part I of the forgot, Butler. I forgot you guys had Jim McMahon, too. He made almost the entire NFC in North fact, Tour. If, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, McMahon threw the pass against the Packers of the Metrodome in 93 that Eric Gulliford caught and was accused of coming off the bench to catch because nobody could fi- could figure out how the Packers left him so open down the field. <laughs> Eric Gulliford. Eric Gulliford, little you, receiver, but there was always the accusation that where did he come from? Did yeah. you guys ever see the picture of McMahon when the Packers won the Super Bowl and he was Brett Favre's backup? He wore his Bears jersey under his suit coat. What? Whoa. Yeah, because... After the game? No, when they went to the White House. Oh, <laughs> he wore his Bears jersey under his suit coat when the Packers went to visit the White House, and it was because when the Bears won the Super Bowl in '85, the Challenger, the spaceship Challenger, had had blown up, so they canceled the Bears' visit to the White House. So that was his way of bringing the '85 Bears to the White House for the first time. That's, that's a boss cat. move. And let me guess, that's you a, cried. That's a boss move right there, man. <laughs> I mean, I shed a tear. I'm not <laughs> laughing at you. Bit. I just, yeah, I was gonna say the Bears. So that was, if you missed any of it, go find it on the podcast. Leroy Butler, it's the second time he's joined us this season, and he just, he tells great stories. He's brings energy. He's super fun. Uh, when we come back to start hour number two, Mackie and Judd with Rami, let's dive into another little uh, mini episode of Who Says No? Some fun twins trade ideas here from uh, both our friend Jake DePew okay. on scorenorth.com and Eno Saris as well, okay? Who Says No? When we come back to the TCL studios, where, by the way, we love it when listeners tweet us pictures of their TCL TV setups. Uh, saw a couple more come in last week. Just tweet them at Phil Mackey, and we'll pass them along to our friends at TCL because you can help us, Mackey and Jeb with Rami, and Score North by uh, giving our sponsors some love. And that's what you do when you send those pictures of your TCL TV setups. I, I saw some people who listened to the show went shopping on Black Friday and found some great deals at local retailers. Can we take cool. away Derek Wetmore's TCL TV? I heard that segment today, driving around. Came so, on here and bashed National Lampoon Christmas Vacation today, and Derek goes to the movies. Uh, someone just tweeted in here to the at Score North account, by the way. I, I enjoy the segment, but it really should just be renamed Derek Rips Into the Movies. <laughs> Are you serious? He went after a he classic? Said, he said he thinks he remembers laughing one time through the entire 90 or so minutes well, That's of that a Wetmore film. problem. I love the guy who tweeted problem. in and said, did someone forget to update Derek Wetmore's computer software? His brain. <laughs> So he's out on Rocky. He's out on Christmas Vacation. Yeah, man, it's ridiculous. But you can find he's all out on blue chips. All of those movies, whether you like them or not, you can find them with your TCL TV with that built-in Roku device with 
Access to 5,000 streaming channels, TCLUSA.com, and any major local retailer here if you want to pick up a nice holiday entertainment center gift for a loved one or a friend. We'll come back. Mackie and Jub with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. Who says no when we come back? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Speculation. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? How about reckless trade speculation? I want everyone to keep an open mind here. Okay? Okay. Can we all agree? Keep an open mind here? I I need to hear more. That's always how people open it up when they're about to make some ridiculous statement. We need to hear more. Go right ahead. That's how everyone opens up conversations when they're about to invite you to their swingers party on Saturday night. Right? Okay, everybody... I don't mind here. What? Huh? Where did this? What? Uh, yeah, Jonathan uh, speaks for me. So swingers. Have been swinging a baseball bat. What yeah, are you talking about? So baseball swingers. Sure. Very uh, 70s of you, Phil. Our friend Jake DePew. <laughs> by the way, uh, Derek Wetmore and Jake DePew have just been, and Judd too. Like the, the Twins hot. I know people are mad that the Twins haven't signed anyone. We have left no stone unturned on scorenorth.com over the past month. Just speculating on things and diving deep into what I went scenarios. to Target Field to the box office to, uh, to petition I, yes. for the Mad Bum signing. Morning Judd w- camped out at the box office. Yes, I explained to the Twins ago. what it would mean, and they ignored me. So uh, Derek has a couple pieces up right now on scorenorth.com, and our friend Jake DePew has a piece right now that we're going to... I'm going to float these by you guys, okay? Th- this segment is Who Says No? And he has taken it and spun it off into an article series on scorenorth.com. Okay. Who says no to these five trades? And again, the goal here is to get the Twins top-end starting pitching. We all agree they could use a top-top starting pitcher. Yes. And we all agree that the options available in free agency are dwindling. And it sounds like Hyunjin Ryu is asking for like $20 80, million dollars a year. $80 million for four years. And he's banged up all the time. And there's like five teams after him, so they're probably not going to get him. Dallas Keuchel's good, but not a top-of-the-rotation guy. So here's trade number one, Okay. Twins get Noah Syndergaard, two years of team control on Noah Syndergaard. Okay, okay, I'm listening. And they give up Eddie Rosario and Miguel Sano. So they give up two of their mainstay in their prime lineup guys. That's going to need some sort of accompanying move because you already have a hole at first base. Now you're going to have holes at both corners of your infield. Um, let's say it's uh, a coming move. Let's say they go on the free agent market and sign Josh Donaldson. I'm keeping yeah. an open mind. If you thought your ability to sign a decent third baseman was like, I mean, even like Todd Frazier's out there, he's not great. But let's not let's let's not let's not overinflate Miguel Sano's tires here. Okay, he had a good season last year, but he's hurt all the time. He's not a third baseman. So if you thought your path to acquiring a position player in free agency was more open than your path to acquiring a number one starter, maybe you give position players to get a Noah Syndergaard. I would strongly consider this. Is the game who says yes or no? Is that just the game here? Because Who's, Who I, says no? Who says no? Mets or Twins? Or do they both say no? I think the... I think the Mets say I, yes I, to this, by the way. You think so? The Mets need to clear a starting pitcher well, spot, and they're looking to compete, and their lineup's not good. I say personally yes to this. I would do this. Yeah, I would do it. 
Syndergaard? Find the Twins, I would do it. I would do this. Because Rosario alone is not going to get you that much. You might like him. You might think he's a really nice ball player. But but when you take him to market, no one's going to be, oh, Eddie Rosario, that's the key. He is a piece to a deal. Miguel Sano, to me, he can hit home runs. But for this starting pitcher? I say yes. It is worth pointing out on Noah Syndergaard. I think the Mets say no, though. I disagree with you, Phil. Really? I don't think the value is there on Eddie Rosario that some might think is there with Eddie Rosario. And, and, but the Mets, are, like, the Mets are one of the most confusing teams to figure out. They're never, they never deal in logic. It's never That's like last true. year. I'm they being sh- logical. The Mets probably say yes because <laughs> do. it doesn't make the sense. The Wilpons don't get it. I will say that. Reckless speculation. One last note on Noah Syndergaard. It is worth bringing up that in his last seven starts to end the year. He had an ERA near seven, and he also led the entire league for the whole season in earned runs given up. He had a four twenty eight ERA. It was the worst season of his career. I still say yes, so, but I I'm with you. He's a, that dude's. A stud. I don't think that that's a. Stud. a I, I don't think that that's a one sided <laughs> terrible trade. All right, what about this one? Okay, who says no? Reckless speculation from uh, scorenorth.com. Twins get Matthew Boyd from the Tigers. All right, Matthew Boyd, three years of team control, but they'd have to give up Trevor Larnick, who's their number five prospect right now, and Bruzdar Gratterall, who's their number three prospect. Do you trade Bruzdar Gratterall and Trevor Larnick for three years of Matthew Boyd? You give up an AL worst 39 home runs last year, but you got to also figure he's been a stud in the past. The Tigers are a disaster. You bring him into a, just a better pitching organization. Yeah, that's that's given up a lot to say we'll we'll fix this guy. That's that's given up a lot for a reclamation project. If I'm giving up those types of prospects, I want a pretty sure thing. Nothing is a sure thing when you're talking about major league pitching. Guys' arms just fall off all the time because the human body is not made to do what these guys do. But you want a pretty sure thing if you're giving up those types of prospects. I think the Twins say no, and I would say no. I personally would say no thank you. It's too much. Yeah, and Boyd, I like Boyd, but I don't I don't like Boyd enough to possibly look back and say, what did we do? Yeah, um, I'm with you guys on this one. I think Matthew Boyd would be an interesting sort of reclamation project to acquire because... The Twins, again, have a better chance to get the most out of this guy. I mean, Justin Verlander is the classic example. Go from the Tigers to the Astros, and and you go to another level. Matthew Boyd, probably not the upside of a Justin Verlander, but he's got big strikeout potential, etc. All right, but we all agree that's a no. Yeah. All right, who says no to this one? Reckless speculation. All right, this is not a household name at all, but it's a guy that it's, it's a franchise that's constantly looking to wheel and deal. And it's also uh, it's a franchise that has has been has been willing to deal pitchers and players with like four or five years of team control. The Twins would get Sandy Alcantara from the Miami Marlins, and the Marlins would get Eddie Rosario and Nick Gordon. Uh, Alcantara last year had a league leading fourteen losses for the Marlins. He was six and fourteen. I don't care about that. Uh, he had a three point eight eight ERA, made thirty two starts, had two shutouts, and struck out seven batters per nine innings. What's his age and contractual control situation? Twenty three, arbitration eligible in two thousand twenty two. Oh. Team control through oh, two thousand twenty four. In, fa- in fact, five years of team control. I think that this one of the three trades that we have examined so far is the most plausible one. I think this makes the most sense for both teams. But and I, again, the, the Twins probably take this guy to a new level. And this could happen. 
The Mets I trade, I don't think the... I think the Mets trade I would do, and it's fun to talk about, and I don't think it's going to ha- have a chance of happening. I think this type of trade has a very good chance of happening. I agree with happening. you. I can I, see both teams sure. saying yes, and I would say yes. Yep. Dude, if you can... Put it this way. If you can trade Eddie Rosario and... Like Nick Gordon is going has a chance to be a decent major league player. I don't think he's going to be an all star caliber player. If you can if you can trade Eddie Rosario and a decent prospect for a three four five year team control young pitcher that you can breathe more life into, Absolutely. that's the type of trade you should be looking to leverage Eddie Rosario for. Agreed. So, I love this. All right. Reckless speculation. Who says no to this one? Man, Jake was busy, huh? Dude, this is. Yeah, he was. You can uh, call him prolific. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful mind. <laughs> the twins would get Robbie Ray, one year of Robbie Ray, and they'd have to give up one of their top 10 prospects, like their fourth best pitching prospect, mm. Yon Duran. Mm. Who no? says no? Do you say no? I'm, I think out, I do. I'm, I'm out on one year pitcher. I, I, yeah, I, I think need I'm multiple out on years. That. I need more than that. I'm in. And Robbie Ray struggled last year. I'm Again, you're talking about a reclamation to some degree. Yeah, but I think I can help him. I'm doing it, and then I help him so much, he wants to stay here. Okay. Uh, Robbie Ray, just for the, the tail of the tape here, Robbie Ray is 28 years old. He just turned 28 in October, and uh, this will be his seventh year in the major leagues. Career Already? four ERA, but he gets a ton of strikes. He's one of the big-time strikeout starting pitchers Does he in not baseball. strike you as the type of guy that if you get him around the right people... You could possibly help a lot. Absolutely. But the one year makes me a little nervous. But not if he falls in love with you and your town and your pitching coach. Sure. I, I'm not ruling it completely out, but there's there's like three other trades in these five that I would go for first. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say okay. the Twins would say no on this unless they got shot down with these these other ones. I agree. And you're out on the, Yeah, I'm out on okay. this. And I'm Reckless speculation. And this is the fifth one, okay? Who says no? <laughs> Twins get David Price... Three years, $96 million remaining on the contract. The Red Sox get payroll relief and maybe a kick-in non-top-10 prospect. I am all in on this. If it's just money... So basically, would you sign David Price for three years, $96 million? I don't think I would. I would. Three-year contract. Mm. What's the worst that can happen? Let me run this. I, I agree with you. It makes me very... Nervous to do this. That's a lot but of money let me for run, this market, man. But in terms let, of how much of your payroll, that's let me eat. run this by you as as the potential thing that might push you towards this deal, though, because I've seen this in the past couple of days. The reports out there are that the White Sox might be heavily in on this. So if he's going to end up with the White Sox, and you can stop that, cool. No, fine, take him. Okay, I think that's I think that's a good thing. Okay. I think overpaying. This makes me nervous. Don't I get think, me wrong. I'm I think just, the White Sox overpaying. For David Price is a good thing because that limits their their spending flexibility okay. moving forward. They're going to be paying too much. So for you would David actually like Price. this? Yes. Okay. I would welcome him going to the White Sox. Now, I read earlier this week that the White that the Red Sox may be willing to pick up a portion of that contract and may and leave the team that acquires him with about a twenty million dollar a year bill for the next three years. Now we're talking. That's something that I can live with if I'm the Twins. But if they want somebody to pick up the full thirty two million a year. For the next three years, no. I mean, I guess if you could bring it to make it less risky from a from a you know, percentage of your payroll standpoint, if you could bring it down to like twenty four or twenty five million, and then give them Nick Gordon or something, right. just a halfway decent prospect. Uh, again, there's two or three other ones. Like I'd go for the Syndergaard trade before this. I'd go for the Sandy Alcantara trade before this. But I wouldn't shy away from David Price's age necessarily. And I think that's a tough 
That's such a small ballpark, and there's so much pressure, and he never seemed to respond well to the, the pressure. pressure. Yeah. He just seems so uptight in that environment. How good do, do we think he still is now? How effective do we think David he's Price is? He's not a number one starter anymore, but he can still pitch like a playoff rotation guy, okay. even when he's kind of banged up like he's been with the, the only, Red Sox. The only time he's been dominant in recent memory, at least for me, was 2018 when they went to the playoffs and they or to the World Series and they put him in the bullpen, and he was just lights out, could not be touched, but that's because you were asking him to go an inning, maybe two yeah. on a given night, so he could give it a little more gas, knowing that it wasn't going to be a six, seven inning outing, but that's not what you're paying for. Yeah. You need that guy to be good over extended periods of time. Yeah. So th- those are the five that Jake DePew has at Reckless speculation. Who says no? Eno Saris at The Athletic. He threw a few names out, both free agent signings and one one trade in particular that he thinks could work for the Minnesota Twins. The first two he brings up almost to immediately dismiss. Uh, he talks about Homer Bailey and Gio Gonzalez. He says they have interesting young arms at the back end of their rotation should they choose to go that way in guys like Devin Smeltzer and Lewis Thorpe. So he doesn't really see the use in signing a Homer Bailey or a Gio Gonzalez. Are you yeah, guys in I'm, or out? No, I'm out on those guys. Yeah, they're I'm not out, doing anything. I'm out on those guys unless we re- revert back to like 2012 or something. Okay. Um, now, we, how about uh, Rich Hill on a one-year, $8 million contract? He's like 74 Again, years not, old. Only if we revert back to 2008. Rich Hill's a good... He's 72. He's, he's he's an older he's, he's older than me. He's, he's an older gentleman. Yes. Rich Hill. What, what did you read the date on this article? Where did you this pull was this today. article from? This yeah. was today. Okay. Sure. Older okay. gentleman. Next, Sandy Colfax. <laughs> he retired he? for a while, but he's out there. He's like seventy-two years old, Jonathan. All My right. Goodness. The one trade that uh, that Eno has here for the. Minnesota Twins. Let me, let me You're not me. exciting me so far, Rami. This okay. Isn't... Let me guess. Now when you have to let describe me... one of them as older gentlemen. I got you. John Lieber. No, this is a guy who you brought up. It <laughs> yeah. is not John Kevin Lieber. Kevin Correa making a return. It's not Kevin Correa. <laughs> Eno is sending Louis Thorpe, Cole Sands, pitching prospect, Giovanni Moran to the Rockies for John Gray. And the reason that the price... In. in. The reason that the... Hold on. Hold on. The reason that the price in prospects would be relatively low for a pitcher like that. He throws in Daniel Murphy and his $15 million salary in. into yes. the deal what? as well. So you're, you okay. got, what? Now, now you got your first, now you got your first baseman. You're giving them some salary relief, which they apparently need. Yeah. And you're getting John Gray. Love that. How bad is Daniel Murphy? I don't care. Not, I don't care either. I don't think I'll cut him. Eat the money. Very good. So you pay some prospects and you pay $15 million for Daniel Murphy. Yes. Yes. Um, and by the way, Daniel Murphy was one of the best players in baseball not that long ago, too. So... Okay, Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy played 130 games last year for the Rockies. Batted 280, had a 780 OPS, hit 13 home runs. Yeah, yes, you'd play. You'd play that guy. In fact, he's probably your starting second baseman, and you move Luis Arise to third base. Okay. I'm in on this. What, what's the catch? Is he no serious? No, that was it. Okay, that was it. So you're taking on a contract that, that you probably don't want. That, well, that they but definitely don't, don't want. The, the okay. Rockies definitely don't want Daniel Murphy's contract. What's happened there? If you're trying to trade Nolan Have Arenado, they got poor now? you don't want Daniel what, Murphy's what's, contract. What's happened, though? What, with the Rockies? Yes. They were signing a year ago, a year and a half ago, they were signing guys, and it was all going to be great, and now they're not now I mean, they're trying pe- to trade these guys. Did people figure out that, the, that the beer isn't really colder than other beers? That was a great marketing pitch, by the way. Coldest beer in the world. And the Reckless speculation. Beer, do, beer, beer does not have to be that cold, okay? I like it. I like my beer very, very cold. 
Okay, well, whatever. Super cold. Daniel, um, Daniel Murphy. Frosty mug. I need to run down the hallway real quick here. You guys you go ahead and do what? Thing. Talk amongst yourselves. What do you mean you need to run down the hallway? Because Mackie Claus. <laughs> Mid-show? Mackie Claus has a couple of gifts that he wants to, oh, to bring the show. Then by all means. Do you have an a- aging pitcher named Rich Hill that you're going to bring? Uh, Jonathan, if you could find some appropriate Mackie Claus music here in a second. You know what we should yeah. do while he goes so and retrieves the gifts as Mackie Claus is guess what the gifts are. Because I have a pretty good idea. Hold on. Okay. I have a good idea have no of, of what the gifts are. So did you see something? No, that no, you no. Think there was, was, was it, there a tip? There was a couple of weeks ago where yeah. we were talking about something, and Mackie asked us our size and then took notes. Is he going to give us something he got for free? I, no, I think we're about to get bathrobes, guys. I think we're about to get personalized bathrobes. If they're personalized. I'm going to guess. Jonathan, you tell me what you think. I'll put mine on right now. Personalized score north bathrobes. Is what we're about I'm, to receive. I think bathrobes might be right. Score Mackie. North yeah, bathrobes? No, no, no. I'm thinking no. they're Score North bathrobes. No, I'm no, thinking no, no. their bathrobes might be right, but I, I don't think it's Score I North. I think you're onto the right idea here. Bathrobes. Should I start up the music now? Or should we wait till he comes in? Go right ahead. Start it right. now. I don't care. It's just like generic holiday <laughs> I'm just exci- music. I'm excited to see it. if I got something. Are we not allowed to play? Uh, if it's a really nice uh, bathrobe. real music. Mariah Carey? We can't play Mariah no. Carey? No, we can't. We'd have to cut it from If the it's podcast. a super nice robe, guess what? Hmm. Dawn's going to steal it within five minutes of me getting home. <laughs> Do you have a guess? She loves uh, No, that's a good guess. I don't I know. think bathrobes is a really good guess. Yeah, because I have no clue. I'm confused. What do you mean? Did he just walk in there and give you something? He's Here got something in his hand. Okay. He's got, I can't tell. Is Jonathan getting something too? Is that what this is all about? I think so. By the way, did you get him anything? I'm not looking yet. No, I, I, don't, I don't get, no. <laughs> we, I don't do Christmas cards and I don't get gifts, okay? I don't like cards. <laughs> I don't get the concept of like cards for your birthday or Christmas. It doesn't make sense to people, me. I tell people to stop doing oh, it. So it's way better. Wow. It's oh, way better than Oh, wow. Look at this. Oh, oh, oh. Rami, a case of white claw. Rami's got some white claw and a robe. I told you there was a robe. Oh, I'm good. I didn't get a robe. I just got beer. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. Mackie Claus wanted to give Rami. Should we wear these right now? I think we should put the robes on. Luxury bathrobe. Put them on. Ultra soft fleece. Okay. Mackie Claus wanted to make sure that Jonathan and Rami, who were knocking the robe life last week, yep, that they spend their time the next two weeks around loved ones. In the, the warm and nestled comfort Making of a luxury robe. As possible. By the way, you that's can't. Nice. I, I, yeah. I don't want to make this awkward, but like, that's you're not going to get the full robe experience if you're going to put it on over your hooded sweatshirts. I was just going okay? to say, I was just gonna say, should we wear it in the way that you would wear a robe? No, no. That's, do you want me no. to disrobe before I? Uh, no. I mean, we do have one no, more commercial you. break coming up. So, <laughs> there no, is. Thank you. This is not. There is time. Boogie nights. The scene where the guy is uh, shooting off the firecrackers <laughs> and he's in his bathrobe, motoring. Okay, Rami and Jonathan oh, are putting nice. these. Are, they're putting robes on for the first time. This is nice, right? Rami here. looks like a boxer. Oh, wow. How do you feel? I feel this feels really nice. Yeah, this is I'm isn't that gonna, soft? Yeah. I'm not going to sit down in it because uh, a lot of people sit in these chairs, and I don't. I don't want oh, to taint. You gotta be kidding! Me. I don't want to taint my brand new robe. You've got and get other people's germs wow, on germophobe it. Germophobes. Did you ever see that coming? Especially if I'm going to put this on, you know disrobed later at a later date I don't want somebody's germs on yeah. my naked body yeah you don't want collars uh collars no. behind them. no I don't. collar never sits in that this chair. is really nice though yeah man. but nobody sits in that thank chair no, this and is very comfortable thank you man. how would you how this, you, again this is the first time Rami and Jonathan have oh, ever wow. experienced robe life I am so ready to make my family uncomfortable wearing this over the next two weeks yeah for sure my well, girlfriend you look like you should have a cigar Jonathan I really or a pipe <laughs> a pipe hello how Jonathan's home 
I like this. This is comfortable. Are you really yeah. not going to sit down? No, I'm not. I'm going to take it off this before like, I sit this down. This is an unbelievable germaphobe. display of germophobia. It's like having a hundred kittens hugging you from it really all is. angles. Isn't it great? So what's what's the situation where one would wear a robe? We never really got into that. I think I the better question is what's the, the situation that one wouldn't wear a robe? I don't know. I don't know the right. What's the once right? you get home, you can wear like the you robe. just lounge around in your robe. Yes. Yeah. And nothing. But. I now have new video game attire. I'm just going to let you know. when I'm video gaming. It's Robot, man. This. You're poor kids. I would say uh, if Just I was if I was to make a pecking order of Whatever. situations, like ranked situations that I would personally wear a robe, um, waking up in the morning on a weekend is number one. Like the first thing you throw on is your robe. You're okay. not you're not gonna, like on a Saturday or a Sunday. You're not going to shower right away when you wake up. You might not even shower at all. I mean, Rami showers nine times. I feel a day, like but. we should tweet out <laughs> pictures here. So you're saying I'm I'm watching Premier League Saturday mornings in my robe. 100%. Jersey on underneath, yeah. and then robe on top. I would also say any situation late at night where you're looking for a little nightcap, pour a little little scotch, little whiskey, okay. block I'm, of I'm ice there. cube. Uh, maybe you take Brad, a shower at night. Martin? You know, put, <laughs> put some... Uh, Put some tunes on, put some lotion on, Rami, and kick back. And <laughs> okay, that's I'm now I'm super uncomfortable. Robe life. I do think that, okay. that we should tweet out pictures, though. I, I agree of these guys. We should do so that. that that the listeners can see how the robes. Uh, the only time nice a robe are. really makes sense to me is when you get out of the shower and you want to air yeah. dry. You don't want to towel dry. You just want to air dry and maybe like I don't know, make breakfast and, and have fine. breakfast. And that's fine that that's your preconceived notion sure. of robe life. But I would just go into robe life with an open mind, like we went into this that's trade like segment. A okay? Terry cloth robe, though. We're talking. That's a nice. That's that's not like a shower. That's be, for everything. I think this would be okay when I get out the shower. Don't you think? I I, I personally mm. prefer to dry off and then and yeah. then and then and then, I, the and then I jump into robe. And you're life. going commando. Depends. Okay. No, I don't wear depends with the robe. Really detailed. Detailed. I yeah. did not. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm not surprised we got this about Rich I don't think I want my He's a nice old my bear behind. And, <laughs> From the Sunnyside Community Home. <laughs> touching for the gadgets. I don't think I want my bear behind touching Only this, Vin touching this can... robe. Oh my! I want to keep it untainted. It's just unbelievable. It's seriously like curved. Tommy, you make it so uncomfortable. Thanks, Larry David. One step too far. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. In other news, when we come back with Again, Rami and Jonathan in their robes. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Do your holiday shopping online and save up to 70% with the Score North holiday online auction. Golf packages, electric bikes, countertops, sea life passes, and more to view and bid on items. Visit scorenorth.com and enter keyword auction. I mentioned last hour, caller has a piece up at scorenorth.com about the biggest snubs for the Pro Bowl from the Vikings. We've also got a ton of other great content, Vikings content right now over at scorenorth.com. Matthew Caller wrote about how the opening script is working well for the Vikings. Judd Zolgad talked about the importance of Gary Kubiak. Also making a case for Daniel Hunter's defensive MVP. Matthew Collar's got that as well as ton of great Twins content that we just talked about last hour. Making trade deals. Derek Wetmore's got the latest report on the latest Twins signing. That's all over at scorenorth.com, the free Scorenorth mobile app. That's when your Scorenorth download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. In other news. That's right, mid-show, mid-week. Time to take a break from all that hard-hitting sports news and sports talk we give you here at Score North and give you a little bit of the weird and wacky news from around the world, including from right here in North America, where uh, Walmart 
is apologizing for a line of sweaters that somehow found their way into stores throughout North America, including, and I'm looking at these right now, one that's just Santa with his pants around his ankles sitting mm. on the can. Yeah. Um, one with Panna, Santa on all fours and his pants down being whipped by a dominatrix. It oh. says Santa has been naughty. Um, one that I don't even get, Santa on a table, pants down, alien holding a probe standing over him. Another one with Santa uh, bare-bottomed, once again, facing a fireplace, and the sweater reads, chestnuts roasting <laughs> on an open fire. <laughs> but the one that really got people's attention and raised red flags, I'm about to show this to Mackie and Judd, is one with a strung-out Santa sitting in front of a table with a straw in his hand, three white lines on the table, and it says, let it snow. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Well, that's great. Now, in case that isn't blatant enough, it's just a little uh, little, uh, drug jokey poo. The description for this thing on the Walmart website reads as follows. Men's Let It Snow Ugly Christmas Sweater. We all know how snow works. It's white, powdery, and the best snow comes straight from South America. That's bad news for jolly old St. Nick, who lives far away in the North Pole. That's why Santa really likes to take savor the moment when he gets his hands on some quality, grade-A Colombian snow. <laughs> he packs it in perfect lines on his quality aroma or on his coffee table and then takes a big whiff to smell the high-quality aroma of the snow. It's exactly what he needs to get inspired for Christmas Eve. This men's let it snow ugly Christmas sweater captures the moment when Santa is finally ready to enjoy that Sweet imported snow. It's also warm and comfy, so you can wear it any time the snow starts blowing this holiday season. Men's Let It Snow Christmas Ugly Sweater. Novelty Adult Ugly Christmas Sweater. They pulled those from Yeah, they pulled these from shelves. All of these have been pulled from shelves, yes. But they're selling like crazy on the internet. You would think so. Uh, I've I've heard. It's just a little fun. Why pull them from the shelves? Here's something I've always wanted to know about Santa's sleigh and uh, the reindeer. Are they subject to TSA regulations? Like, could Santa just kind of, like, could he, in theory, go to Columbia with the sleigh and the reindeer? I don't think he has to go through uh, security check, Mackie. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he's passing through customs. There's yeah, no airport. I'm pretty sure he doesn't pass through customs. He takes off from the North Pole. There's no airport there, right? Do they have that, uh, that is it clear? What's the thing where you can just, like, s- scan your eyes, basically, and... He's got reindeer, man. This is how he gets the reindeer to fly, I suspect. <laughs> and how he delivers presents around the world in just one night. Are you saying the elves are hopped up on stuff? I'm not saying they are. I'm just yeah, saying it. They do make it, a lot it, of toys. It, it makes sense. News. I'm not saying they are. Prolific. Uh, this is a quick one, actually, all right? <laughs> Don't blink. This is from Comonews.com from uh, Pennsylvania, Gerard, Pennsylvania. A man and two teenage boys who allegedly covered two cars and a home with cheese slices are facing disorderly conduct charges. Wow. (laughs) They covered a home and two cars in craft cars. They covered a home and cheese slices. And they got in trouble for this. This sounds like a genius bit of work. Pennsylvania State Police say the prank occurred in Girard, Pennsylvania, early Saturday, but it's not clear what motivated it. The three suspects are a 17-year-old from Girard and two Lake City residents, ages 17 and 18. Their names have not been released. Authorities say they admitted their involvement in the prank. It's not clear if anyone was in the home at the time or where they found the time to pull said prank. You guys ever uh, so we don't have a car and cheese slices? Can't say cheese slices, no. I mean, it's pretty creative. 
You used to that's TP, way more creative than the to toilet TP paper. People's houses. I've seen never never trees. cheese slices. I've seen people's cars or entire offices covered in post-it notes. Never cheese slices, but to cover an entire house in in craft single cheese. cheese slices. A, how much did you spend in money? And B, how much did you spend in time? See. This and, is the type of stuff, like I've always said, I'd be a really fun rich person because this is the type of stuff I would do just all day. <laughs> How do you not get caught, though? Right? That That's so got to take forever. Well, they, they did get caught. No, but you'd get caught like In the halfway act, through. Yeah. 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 So, because that, that I think story they should says be they got the whole house covered, right? Not only should charges not be pressed, they should be commended for their accomplishment. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a waste yeah. of a lot amazing. of cheese, though. Keys. You go into some kind of Hall of Fame for that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, the Dairy Hall of Fame. In other news. Is it true or not? A man in Perth, Australia, harnessed a heat wave to cook a pork roast in his car in about 10 hours. Stu Pendley simply placed the 3.3-pound roast in a baking tin on the car seat and let the blazing sun prepare his main dish. He reported on Facebook <laughs> back on December 14th that the temperature in his old Datsun, yes, a Datsun, I love that car, reached 177.8 Fahrenheit at one point, even though the car had tinted windows and a rust hole in the roof. He showed off his succulent finished product in a video complete with carving and taste test as seen above here, and said it worked. The mercury reached 102 Fahrenheit on the day of the cooking stunt, according to Pengley. The Western Australian city had already broken its December mark for three consecutive days, reaching uh, or exceeding 104 Fahrenheit. The Washington Post reported. Wait, he cooked the turkey in the sun? Pengley said he wanted to use the stunt as a warning for drivers not to leave any people or pets in their cars. He might try a roast beef Next time, I'm sorry. I mean, did, I would, did he eat the turkey? Uh, it does not say. I would never. I don't think you can. There's no way you can get it to 165. It was a no. pork roast, though. Oh, pork roast. Pork I'm sorry. roast in his that need, car. That still needs to get to like 145. That he, if I, I'm remembering I, my meat temperatures correctly. I, I, I feel like know. he's only. I feel like his failed experiment is only encouraging people to leave their kids <laughs> and animals in the car. <laughs> you think you're like Um, this is again another quick story. Say goodbye to comfort breaks. New downward tilting toilets I saw this. are designed to mm-hmm. become unbearable to sit on after five minutes. They say the main benefit is to employees and improved employee productivity. The 13 degree sitting angle causes leg strain after just five minutes. So the toilet is tilted downwards, putting weight and stress on your legs so you can't sit on the toilet for more than okay. five minutes before being forced to get up and get back to work. Honest answers, honest answers from everybody, okay? Mm-hmm. In terms of time needed, not time that you take, but time needed, what percentage of the time are you done in five minutes or less? Because for me, as a guy with a little uh, acid reflux, a little GERD... <laughs> It's like five percent. Five percent. All right. I need my time. I bet I average. I, I bet I need eight. Eight minutes. Minimum. You say need eight, right? Not that you take. No, no, eight. no. The oh, job is I done. Can, I can take a half hour. Yeah, right. Because I'm reading stuff, getting work done on your gross phone, on my phone or yeah. a newspaper. I might be taking some notes. Have you written? <laughs> I brought on the job. I brought the computer in there. <laughs> I've written. Oh, I'm with Judge. It sits too. on my lap. I, yeah. You know I what? Work. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just functional, man. That's, I'm not judging you. I that's why wondering. when I saw this I story, curious. I was happy. Not not for productivity. I don't care about your productivity. 
I just think that this will discourage people from taking their phones in the bathroom. If you don't have time oh, no, to serve no, Twitter no, no, no. or YouTube in there, you maybe you'll leave it behind, or at least it's just less time that your disgusting phones but does this mean, are there in the bathroom with you and your poop missed. Does this mean that, that if I have a more lengthy stay, you but I'm going to get fatigued early on? Like, how does this work then? It's going to cause leg strain. Your legs are going... Yeah. If you if it's one of those days where you need twelve to fifteen yeah, minutes, yeah, let's say you need fifteen. What, what are the ramifications yeah. here? I don't know. Your leg falls asleep or something. Oh, which, by the way, the worst. I hate because the then it's tingly and you got to stand up, yeah. but you're not ready to stand up yet. That's happened to me before. That's the worst. And your leg hurts then, and you're afraid you, that you're going to put your leg on a break. But to tough. answer your question, I think I probably average four to six minutes. I don't think I I'm need much there, more yeah. than five. Wow, you guys are ninjas. Four man. to six? Yeah, yeah four to six. Long. You guys are Most of my time sitting in there is just literally scrolling Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm four, reading, but not four Twitter. Four minutes, though? Four to yeah. six. Yeah. All right. That's all I need. In I other a, news, I got a pretty balanced diet, Judd. Eight to ten. This is from clickorlando.com <laughs> out of Eustis, Florida. <laughs> Officers with the Eustis Police Department are searching for a man who robbed a gas station. The man was on surveillance video uh, wearing khaki pants, black leather jacket, and according to officials, the man is around 5 foot 9 inches tall with a slim build, a reddish jawline, beard, and a shaved head. But here's the terrifying part. He was caught on surveillance while robbing the store wearing a Jason Voorhees mask. <laughs> oh! Is that the scary part, or is that sort of the... What's scarier, the guy having a gun or a Jason Voorhees mask? The old gold mask, I might actually say the mask. I'd be like, dude, great throwback. This dude robbed a gas station dressed like Jason Voorhees. Can I see it again, please? Sure, there it is, man. Yeah. What would be more terrifying? If you're, if let's say you're working alone late at night, gas station, and uh, a Michael Myers costume guy comes up, a Jason Voorhees costume guy comes up, or an It the Clown costume guy. Oh, I think it's It the Clown. Yeah, it I don't think clown, that's even for close. Sure. Yeah, I the hate Voorhees, when those commercials pop up now. The Voorhees mask. I got to be honest, ain't that scary to me? Because you're com- if you if you've gone to the extent to where to like thir- to thoroughly and convincingly look like the character from It, Ugh. you're really committed to to this derangement that you're trying to live out. Like, if you put on a Freddy mask or a Jason mask or a Michael, you're just putting on a mask. It takes effort. You were really committing yeah. to it's being this point. psycho if you look like the guy from It. It's a valid Plus, point. Clowns are Clowns are Clowns are You got one more, Rami? Um, I think we all saw this. Did you guys see the story? I'm going to bring Pat in for this last one here. <laughs> I don't, can I say this on the air? Here, I'll Try just show it. you the screen. Can I say that on the air? Uh, why don't you replace the first word with um, see replace the first word with device again? <laughs> oh, you can say that word, oh, can't you? Now what? You can't say that word. You can <laughs> say that word. Just like <laughs> it's part don't of. Go, a, don't go. I, show, I showed you this oh, you before. Just, this, yeah. Yeah. Um, thousands of device fish. Penis fish. Penis fish. Uh, Have washed ashore on California Beach as seen in jarring photos that are raising eyebrows due to the creature's phallic shape. The quirky marine life is officially called fat innkeeper worms. And an expert writes for Bay Nature that he believes a recent storm in the Drake's Bay area is the reason so many of them mysteriously appeared on the beach. If you don't know what's happening and you're just on the beach and thousands of things that look like that just wash up on the shore. The Bobbitt family reunion, I guess. 
What are you thinking? You know what? That's why you don't what, go to the beach. What runs through your mind? There's no reason to go to a beach ever. <laughs> yeah, the photo. Uh, by, by the way, the photos in here are disturbing. They are so disturbing. Yeah. 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 All right, Pat. Pat, you're working at a gas station late at night. If the clown Mike Myers or Jason Voorhees walks up, which one scares you the most? Uh, Michael Myers is the greatest uh, horror movie guy of all time because it was believable. Because you believe you could believe that a guy like this existed, right? Mm. The others are all kind of silly and cartoon characters, but Michael Myers, the original Halloween, the first couple before the technology got great were fantastic. The original Halloween, I think, is the greatest horror movie ever. It's hard to argue. By the way, they just came out like a week or two ago with a remake of Black Christmas. Have you guys ever... We talked about this maybe on the show the other day, but... So Black Christmas was originally made in 1975. Margot Kidder was the main. Uh, she played Lois Lane in oh, the Christmas remake. Grand. I didn't know that this was yeah. a remake. So, but but here's the crazy thing. So Black Christmas in 1975. The entire premise of the movie, the entire hook to the movie, was the call is coming from inside the house. Oh yeah. The entire movie built up to the call is coming from inside the house, and they Didn't had to that trace it. The whole series, basically. Yeah. But yeah. how do you how do you remake a movie that was based on a call coming from inside the house in ni- in in 2019 when everyone just has an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it's not that scary that the call is coming from inside. <laughs> yeah, of the course, house. the call is totally inside. feasible. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that could be. By the way, I'm uh, very upset today. Hmm. Why is that? For uh, for about three years now, Jason was calling me twice a day to get me to sign up for Be Safe at Home. It was an automated caller. Now it's Sarah. What happened to Jason? Did we fire Jason? We gave up on you. Get fired. I mean, now Sarah's calling me. Because you didn't sign up. up. You got him fired. Congratulations. (laughs) It's Christmas time. Jason's been bounced. Maybe something happened to Jason. You should find out. So now I get to hang up immediately on Sarah instead of Jason. Well, she'll get fired too. I hope you're happy. (laughs) All right, boy. Don't have, you guys are all better off if you die before you're 70, so they don't call up and try to harass you with all these old people devices that they want you to buy. So. What are the What are some of the other old people devices they want? Well, you to most buy? no, most of them are scams. You know, like if if you don't call right now, we're going to cut off your social security <laughs> uh, funds and, and you know stuff like that. Uh, they're trying to convince you to. Oh, this is the IRS. Please send us five thousand dollars, and we'll put you in jail. You know. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> the sad thing is, people they're do buy that, though. God, they just hope you're far enough over the cliff so you go. You're, so you'll go for this stuff. You know. So. Yeah, they target the old. I mean, if they if they target ten thousand old people and even five of them wire them ten thousand yeah, dollars, that's a year's worth of work right there. Home, as far as the uh, dementia is concerned, they're in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the key is? Never answer a phone call if you don't have the name of the person calling yeah, you. Yeah, but then you got to listen to it. Uh, the key is to get rid of the home phone, but I can't convince oh, everyone in the house to do that. That's right. You still have the home phone, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. we got rid of that about five years ago. Well, I'm I'm being outvoted one to one. So, well, it was not my choice. Mm-hmm. Don said we're not going to have that, and I said, "Okay, honey, that sounds fantastic." <laughs> I, did you see this? New Orleans signed another defensive back today. They signed that Swearinger. Really? What are they doing? Or they got a bunch of guys hurt, or what? Because they got. Uh, they got the goofball from the Jets yesterday, right, or two days ago. The Giants. Yep. Oh, yeah, from the Giants. Yeah. So they must be. Uh, 
Uh, you know, my all my talk about how the Saints were overrated frauds, I don't feel as strongly about that as I did two days ago, you know. After that, uh, you know, I know the Colts aren't any good, but wow, that uh, looks like they might be finding their stride again, huh? Yes. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, right they, their three their three home games before that were all very questionable, and their Brutal, defense gave yeah. a lot of points. But lost to the Falcons, lucky to beat the Panthers, and then gave up forty some to the Rams. So. so, do you think? I mean, the the Vikings are almost certainly going to have to play road games, and unless unless upsets happen in the playoffs, do you think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl, Pat? Yes, but I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it. But I, if they could, you know, if they get there, they'll win it. Because I don't think the uh, I don't think the Chiefs are that great, uh, and nobody in that you know nobody in the AFC scares me. So yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson would make me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, unsettled. that's a pretty well-rounded team. I guess they they'd be a, they'd be six-point underdogs to them, wouldn't they? So yes, they would. Or or at least you know four to six-point underdogs to them. I, I guess I guess maybe not, but yeah, I I think that. I think they could. Uh, I think they can. This is as easy pickings as the NFC's uh, been in a while, I think. But uh, now San Francisco, you know, they look like they had a great defense and half of it's hurt. And, uh, uh, you know, nobody else uh, really frightens me. So, uh, yeah, I think there's an outside chance they could. They had five guys out, right? Yeah, last the 49ers week, yeah, on five Sunday. guys did play, yeah. And Seattle, after watching them, uh Collar was telling me they weren't as good as I thought they were, and he was right. After watching them against the Vikings, they they had to huff and puff for everything. So they're not they're not overly talented. Now they lost Josh Garden. Although I looked up the stats, they weren't throwing it to him that often. I think he only had seven catches or something like that. So, but Pat hasn't that just been the NFC this year? It seems like all the teams in the playoffs have taken their turn being the darlings of the conference. It's it's just the Saints right now, but I don't know that that lasts more than three or four weeks. People are talking about the 49ers like this. People are talking about the Packers like this. It comes and it goes, and then all of a sudden, uh, some other team steps up and looks better. I don't think any of us have talked about the Packers like, like this, but let me say something about this. This is maybe the first time in my memory that the Packers are coming to town uh, and that you have to beat them to make sure they don't win the division title. And nobody's worried about this game. They're just wondering if the Lions can beat the Packers. That's all. Nobody cares. They they just know the Vikings are going to win Monday. They're just worried if the Lions can possibly beat the beat the Packers. It's uh, it's kind of strange. It's almost people are looking past that game almost. The answer, of course, to that question is absolutely not. The Lions. Well, yeah, but now that, Patri- now that Patricia's coming back, they must. I'm sure that the Lions are very excited about that. They'll fold even for, more. Ready to run, <laughs> run through a wall for them. Yeah, exactly. By the way, they uh, they IR'd Stafford to make sure they're not tempted to bring him back because they want they. It's going to be hard to beat the Lions when they want to lose, <laughs> isn't it? So yes, that, absolutely. That, I mean, for the uh, Packers to beat the Lions, since the Lions are trying to get as good a draft choice as they can. So, so Patrick, Wolves, Pelicans tonight. I am guessing actual attendance in Target Center. I'm going fifty five hundred or so. How well, about you? They got uh, they got a little over six thousand season tickets. I don't know how many will be used. So uh, they'll announce. Uh, I will they announce ten. I don't think they'll announce ten. It's going to be pretty thin in there. The uh, Pelicans. Uh, 
the uh, what, are they just going to let Williamson sit out the entire year and then uh, sounds like for a while, yes, and then try to uh, try to get number one overall draft pick again next year and uh, maybe have something to to work with here. That's the, that would be the smart play, I think, at this point. The uh, yeah. the Wolves, uh, by the way, are uh, uh, the Wolves, uh, by the way, can't lose tonight even if they want to. So uh, that's that's that that'll be a that's that a challenge. That'll end the, end the seven-game losing streak. So, By the way, if you want a, a fun exercise, this just got posted. So uh, Manny, Danny, and myself did a Raised by Wolves podcast today, scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify. And we went through the all-decade Wolves team, bench included, 15 roster spots over the last 10 years of Wolves basketball. 15 spots. Sorry. Let's just say we had... Let, there was a, do it. There was a spirited debate about Kevin Martin or Andre Kirilenko. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Shane Hill had only played in this decade, he'd be on the team. Yeah, amazing. So would Todd Murphy and Scott Roth. Yep. Well, see, the Star Tribune uh, just threw this out on Twitter. They were apparently arguing in the office. Who is the Minnesota athlete of this decade? Let's uh, hold on. I am more. We we got to go in fifteen seconds. Let's let's talk about that tomorrow. Maybe That's a question. Could be more. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, Pat. See you, goodbye. All right, Nike and Jeb with Rami. Apple, Spotify, Score North app if you want to find our podcast. Rami, go get uh, go get fat. And wear a robe. And, wear some, and drink some claw. Fat right. and commando in a robe. Judd and I will see you guys tomorrow.